Hello and welcome to the intro of Untangling the Truth, the brand new podcast that rambles about meaningful aspects of life such as productivity, self-development and wellness. The main focus is to uncover the uncharted feelings we cope along with in our life's journeys. My name is Gonzalo and in each episode I'll talk about tips, news and my personal thoughts towards what's truly important to find happiness and fulfillment at work and in life. I hope you join me in this new path. Don't rush life, and bye-bye. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Untangling the Truth. My name is Gonzalo, and as you know, I love to share stories with you. Today I have a very short article where I believe it's going to be something interesting. And today it's about how to be a little wiser every day of your life. So I'm going to share three practical tips from wisdom experts. Here's how to build a bit more wisdom into your life according to those who study. Let's go into it. What is wisdom? What does it mean to be wise? It's about facts, common sense, can only be gained through experience. We consider these questions because wisdom is an attractive concept. It offers the promise of knowledge, learning and having a depth of understanding. Maybe even a bit more happiness. And as a parent and a person in this world, there are things that are important to us. It makes sense that we will seek wisdom out by reading politics, Sun Tzu and countless quotes about being wise. This all calls us not to nod our heads and give us hope, but the words, while enticing, don't seem to have much of a lasting effect. And it's because of our approach itself. No one can hang your wisdoms, say Howard T. Nussbaum, professor of psychology at the University of Chicago and director and founder of the Chicago Center for Practical Wisdom. Rather than something to obtain, Being wise is a form of deliberation about the best core of an action in a complex social situation, says Igor Grossman, associate professor of psychology at the University of Waterloo and the director of Wisdom and Culture Lab. But it's not merely about identifying the knowns and making the best decision, it's looking at the bigger picture and going with what's best for the group over what's best for you. That's recognizing what possibility is true wisdom. A highly intelligent fool may not recognize that such a trade-off exists in the first place, he says. A key still is also knowing when to apply this approach because not every decision is equal. Some choices, like what sandwich to order, can come from experience, and others just make it because they're the quickest. But with wisdom, There is a moral component. The issue matters to people older than you, which can affect your actions. For example, you may not care about going to the doctor, but your spouse and children do. Going becomes the wise thing to do, Nosman says. But being wise isn't clean and doesn't come with a formula. It's a constant evaluation, because every situation, even with the same people involved, is different and ask for a different response and sensibility. 
Whatever is right in any given moment may not be right for five minutes later, Grossman says. So, wisdom requires flexibility and no openness, both to other people's feelings and the notion that you don't know everything. And while it's complex, it's not out of reach. It's like tennis or golf. You don't know nothing but start somewhere. You hit balls into the ground place, and by paying attention to feedback, you make adjustments. It's like a skill, says Nasban. You can get better at it. So, how do you practice it? It's about slowing down and giving yourself time to interrogate decisions. The following steps can help. First one, look back. We all make mistakes, and it helps, for Nasban, to get your experience by doing a post-game analysis on decisions that don't go well. Directions are needed to discern those situations. We know when we are off. We're practically and we can be lazy and stupid, he says. We don't always do our best. When do you interrogate your failures rather than asking what you could have done better, ask what you could have done differently. Think about when I made that choice, what was the thinking about? Could I have done something else? Grossman adds that evaluating behavior is easier when you're specific with how did they handle that situation and did they pay attention to other people? Then ask others how you did and if you could have considered something else or done differently. Make the questions open-ended so you are not assuming anything but letting the other people answer you. The point is not to criticize but to expand your perspective for the next time. Or, per husband, to think, I may have been wise, but I could have been wiser. 2. Test your assumptions. We like to feel like we've built up knowledge over time. We also don't love uncertainty. We like answers, Nasban says. But we don't know all the answers, and even if we are self-aware, Recognizing our limits is almost a counterintuitive feat. An intellectually humble person will be the last one to say they are almost intellectually humble, Rosman says. But when faces a situation before you do anything else, pause. Take in a bit that you consider your options. Then ask yourself, what do I know right now? What could I learn? And as a reminder of the reflection you've done in the past and a way to apply it, ask yourself, what could I do differently here? 3. Involve the group. Decisions that have a more beating involving other people, like your spouse, children, relatives and friends. You want to bring them in them. You need to. It's talking the village concept to problems, Rosamond says. But it's not just thinking of others, it's tapping into how they would feel that will cause you to weigh other options. When you have affecting engagement, it influences other parts of your brain, Nosbaum says. And in doing this, there's a tool for benefit. The solution becomes richer when multiple perspectives are taken into account. It also takes the pressure off. When you argue for a partition, you feel something personal is at stake, so you dig in. But when everyone's get a say, the focus isn't all on you. You don't on the answer. You no longer feel evaluated or need to up and with 
or rules. You don't have to impress anyone anymore, Person says. So, how do you know if you've been wise? That's the big question, isn't it? There's no absolute test, and it's not solely based on the outcome. You can be considerate, thoughtful, and fully engaged, and the result may still be bad. It doesn't mean what you did was. There's always uncertainty and risk, Nelson says. If it's a sure thing, you don't need to wisdom. It's about having the intention of wanting to be better and continually asking how to get there. If you do this, you keep finding little ways and those ways will beat you up. And it's realizing that wisdom is a process that doesn't have an end. You never get there, he says, but if you keep walking in the right direction, you'll get better. And this has been your article of today. As I told you, it's a little bit shorter than the last one I read this week. I hope you had a great week and I will come the next time with more articles and something interesting. So yeah, that's been all for today. I hope you like it and bye-bye. This is the end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it and hey, don't forget to share with the people around you. The podcast is available on every platform such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. I upload it every time in Anchor.fm, a platform that is totally free charge and you can load everything you want totally free. And it's easy because Spotify makes you to pay nothing because of it, because an enterprise that belongs to them. Um, that's why I decided. I mean, why not? Sharing stories is my passion, and you should try too. So if you sometime give it a shot, let me know.